This episode of the Gold Jacket Podcast is brought to you by the Geelong-based Lawless Accessories, specialising in all your CrossFit and activewear needs. Visit lawlessaccessories.co to get all the gear you need to hit your new personal best. That's lawlessaccessories.co. You can also follow them on Instagram at lawless.australia. Thank you for joining us on here on the Gold Jacket Podcast, the gold standard of sports broadcasting. My name is Justin, and that hiss you're hearing isn't your speaker broken, it's my very obvious list. But luckily for you guys, I'm joined by a man who recently gave birth to a new puppy, Jake Hollywood. Spruhaha. And Jake, are you ready for our very special guest? Joining us for about the fifth week in a row, a man who has a gold medal in fencing for the pure fact that he was able to put together a fence, Lee Winter. How are you, boys? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Lee, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, guys. Yeah, not too bad. Just cruising. Still uh, staying at home, not going out much. <laughs> I don't know what else you want. Just build the fences. You just build the fences. I can see there's a nice fence in your background. Did you build that one? Uh, no, I learned from the best, though. It was my coach. <laughs> <laughs> your Pat O'Reilly in the background just saying, no, Lee, straighter, straighter. How do you go, O'Reilly? <laughs> On the weekend, there was two games of footy. There was Richmond versus St. Kilda, which I believe that a lot of Victorians were on, or all about going for St. Kilda. And then there was the villains of Victoria, Collingwood versus Geelong on the Saturday night. How do we see the games, boys? How do we see the Geelong-Collingwood game? Uh, I mean, what can you say? That one was a blowout in the beginning. Um, I guess Collingwood spent all their tickets in the week before, and that was it. They didn't have anything. So Geelong came out and just spanked them. That's really all that happened, isn't it? But it happened so quickly. Like, they started off and was like, eh, and then, well, they didn't take two, two goals in the first 10 minutes and they kicked like three goals in the last like two and a half minutes. Yeah. It wasn't half unexpected though, to be honest. Like, um, I did expect Geelong to come out and, and the difference to be that big. I think the difference in the top four to the bottom four of the A's is massive this year. I think there's a big stark difference between those top four sides. It's good to see that they're all through. I think they're a good grand final series. Yeah. Hard to predict the winner of, the, of either game. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it, I mean, I think what makes it really hard is it's being played on neutral ground, so you never know. And uh, it just depends on what team turns up on the night, I suppose. How do you see it? Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did watch it. Yeah, it was it was really hard to watch. You, you saw what Collingwood could do last week, and then they just um, looked like witches' hats this week. It was just a training run for uh, Geelong, and I think it was just topped off with those uh, two two Dangerfield goals on on the boundary. They were ridiculous. Yeah, they were. They. I, think I still can't believe they put uh, they put Dangerfield in f- uh, forward pocket for the All Australian. Like, <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> pocket, now, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's not Eddie's pocket. It's Paddy's pocket. Paddy's <laughs> <laughs> pocket. <laughs> That second goal, the, the banana kick, was r- ridiculous. The one that was oh, yeah. called behind in the beginning. Yep. Yeah. It was very close. Uh, I think Ge- Geelong's defence was just way too strong. Like, it just showed up probably with big time. And the, the holes they had in the forward line. You know, Mason Cox barely got near the ball, so he didn't have that start like he did against West Coast. And then yep. Collingwood just did not get going at all. Do they so. spend three quarters of the game on one goal, or is it, do they get a goal in the third quarter? I think, yeah, they, yeah. 
picked a couple in the third, I think it was. Adelaide, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But what they were doing. What Collingwood were doing though, they were pushing up one of their smaller forwards to go up into the into the midfield as an extra midfielder, so they just left six defenders on five forwards, so they were easily just marking and just bring it straight back the other way. So Collingwood were just out coached and out outclassed all all Literally the opposite of everything we gave compliments to Buckley for the week before. How good was his coaching? Eh, not this time, was it? Uh, no. <laughs> do it two times in a row. Uh, it's I'm not saying I'm upset, <laughs> say I'm upset no. about it at all. I'm, I'm quite happy to long throughout the tournament, to be honest. <laughs> but um, I think, because if you look at St Kilda, everyone was like, yeah, St Kilda, and they're all real sad that St Kilda didn't get through. But then the following night, everyone was really happy that Collingwood lost and was like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is great. Do you think most people will be going for uh, Richmond or Port Adelaide on the weekend? Uh, yeah, I, I think they're the they're the team you either go for them because you're a supporter of them, or you're going for someone to beat them for that team at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, so, yeah I'm going for Port. I've liked watching Port all year. I think they've mm-hmm. um, they're probably well, they deserve to get through. So fingers crossed for them. I really hope they do get through. And Richmond really haven't really helped themselves with uh, all the shenanigans that they're doing on the on the field with Cochin and Lynch and. What did Lynch do that was that bad? He slipped. Ah, it's dodgy though. He didn't slip. (laughs) He was getting his footing. (laughs) The old days, he turned it up. He needed a hand up. He's he's done it three times or something this year. Yeah, it's it's definitely an accident. (laughs) Maybe he's just real clumsy. Uh, He definitely meant it. It wasn't high enough impact, really, but... Well, look, I, did he even actually hit him or just sort of graze his cheek like a little no, kiss? He, he put a bit of, it was on his neck. He put a bit of pressure on his neck. Oh, the other one, like, oh, oh my God, got up pretty, early, pretty quickly. Yeah, he did. It um, was just, a, just dodgy. Yeah, oh, look, it was pretty dodgy, obviously, but he was never going to get any further than what it did because he got straight up. The guy got straight back up and kept playing. Mm-hmm. That's just a low blow. A high blow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> high, yeah, I was going to say high blow. Yeah. <laughs> so let's give you a quick raise, guys. Had. Let's go over the Magpies. Magpies, this their season. How'd you go, Lee? What did you see them? What do you rate them? I rated them a B, probably, yeah, where I expected them to finish and probably how I expected them to perform in the finals. I didn't think they would have made it past this round anyway. Uh, in the past few years, they've actually started to slide down the ladder and not performing as well each year. So uh, that trend has continued. Um, obviously, they've missed players, whether that was through um, partners having babies or injuries as well. So, yeah, a B probably for Collingwood. Like, they've still got a great team, one of the best midfields going around, really good back line, just, just a B, casual. Jake? Uh, B plus, a bit, bit more than Lee. Um, I think I, I did have the eight when I was doing my preseason ladder. Um, but obviously it changes over the season when you watch how teams perform. I think that um, I did not expect them to win next week. So that bumped them up a bit. I mean, I thought that that was impressive. Big West Coast over there, pretty damn hard to do. You know, you, you, you take the loss to Geelong, whether it's by one or by 50 or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You're still losing that round. But I didn't expect them to get there, so B-plus for me. Yeah, good, great midfield. A couple of their midfielders had surprisingly poor games, though, and just didn't get near the ball, but usually rack up heaps of disposals. Like Trelaw, I think it was their highest possession getter, and he got 18. So that's, oh. that's low for him. And then for those other ones around him, I think Taylor Adams had 17 as the next best, but he's much more impactful than Trelaw's were. Yeah, um, definitely cost me uh, at a troll. Uh, Adam's not doing very well in that little Super Coach League. He was the best player in the Super Coach League, man. He, he got yeah. the best score. <laughs> so yeah, so and he, he, I needed him to carry me, but he didn't quite carry. His 17 touches isn't going to help me get over the line. He was the only uh, Pies player to turn up, though, so you can't expect too much that they have a shot and game like that. But, um, he did. I think he popped his elbow or something. 
Uh, whatever the it was like was it Rift? Rift? I think it was Rift. Second. Yeah. yeah. Um, did, you see, did you see the, the incident? He um, tried to smother, and then the follow through on the kick just smashed him in the wrist. It was nasty. Whoa. It was pretty tough to get back out there. Oh, speaking of, oh we'll talk about that later. Sorry. Um, it's in the St. Kilda game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, B plus me. I, I think I was actually more impressed with that finals win, and that bumped him up a little bit. You know, uh, top six in the league for the year, you have to get a pretty good score for that. I gave them a C because I thought they would be better. I mean, obviously injuries were pretty much the killer for them. But in the years prior to when they had injuries, they had other players come up and they did still did very, very well. Like the year they made the grand final, they had a lot of injuries and still pumped through. Yeah, so injuries sort of lost their bit, way a little bit. Grundy had a shocking year. Whether that's to do with the whole, you know, COVID situation. Look, I, yeah, I thought they would be higher in the end. I think I had them third to start with at the end of the season and then they obviously six so still not bad like C is still not bad but I thought that would be a lot better there's a certain player that I don't think should have played for the season at all after being you know arrested but we'll get into that in a, perhaps a, a future episode <laughs> uh, so that didn't I don't think that helped their cause at all either do you reckon Gandhi's suffering from goat syndrome though where people are expecting him to be a lot better than he was and he still had a decent year but everyone's saying he was trash compared like, to what like he could have been yeah, like how Oliver's gotten, you know, got nothing this year, but he's still got the most contested touches, yeah. possessions, everything else. That's different. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think the the gloss is a bit too high on him, and they think, you it's, know, why aren't you breaking games apart? Yeah, still one of the best ruckmen in the league. Like, yeah, still, still had a massive impact, but I wouldn't not as good say he had a, Yeah, I wouldn't say he had a shocking season. Like, it was yeah. still a good, solid season, just not to his standard. Yeah, not yeah, not but the new Brownlow performance that he was the year before. Mm-hmm. If, if ruckman could be the Brownlow, he would have been near it. But then the thing is that he didn't have a good year, so therefore Collingwood didn't. Like he didn't have the best year that he could have, therefore Collingwood didn't have the best year that they could have. Yeah, like he, he, yeah. The other player, I mean, that's the thing, like great players stay at that sort of high level and the other players sort of, but he had other players that could, if he had been that level and the other players were doing that well, they would have done the same thing as well. I would saying that, a little bit better. The other, um, all the other great ruckmen in the league have a backup that comes in and, and plays pinch hitting ruck, whereas Collingwood don't really. Like you do, at, well, yeah, examples. Oh, Nick Nat, um, Oscar Allen comes in and, and plays in the ruck, and he's, you know, he's, he's not like he's tall and he can play, um, but he gives him that, that break, so he allows him to come back in. And then you've got, well, if Melbourne were to ever pick Proust, it would be a good backup for God. <laughs> he won't be picked next year. <laughs> I don't know why they wouldn't pick him, um, to play back at ruck and then, and then head forward and play along Wiedemann, uh, alongside Wiedemann. No, because we be- have, that we have Luke Jackson. Yeah, but what was he? He wasn't really like he was, but he wasn't. He's not as good as Bruce in the round. I think Bruce is one of the, the better ruckmen in the league, to be honest. Yeah, I, the problem with Bruce is that you've got once you put you put him in forward, but he's not really a forward player. So once you've only he's only got sort of one movement forward. He only do ruck. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. So that's why I don't think you got picked a lot. And then that's the same as Goldstein. Like Goldstein doesn't really have a backup either, so he just takes on the load. So those guys, they've got a. They have to dominate. If they don't, who else is doing it? Like Darcy Cameron comes in, he's a forward, and then yep. um, not as good a ruckman as a, like Oscar Allen's a pretty good backup ruckman who's not a ruck. That's what I think. He just doesn't have the backup to like the year before. Like he was all over the ground and it was everywhere, and then yep. expecting to come in and do it again. I don't know. He's probably tired. That's such a, a big load on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, how about St Kilda boys? Um, so I'll just quickly get into um, a friend of mine messaged me saying that if we give St Kilda higher than uh, six out of ten, he's going to spew, and I don't see how I can give him any less than seven out of ten. 
because they were that good. Like, they played well. They played terrible back half, but they played well for the, as a whole. What do you think, Jake? Uh, I gave them an A. I thought they were great. Like, I'm not expecting them to make the eight uh, prior to the season. I was expecting them to, again, be flirting with it. You know, nine, nine to 12 range. That's sort of back up. We've made the eight type area uh, that my mighty blues were. Um, <laughs> but, the, yeah, the Saints got in there and, and they held their spot. And I thought that was really impressive of them um, to get into the eight early and then to hold it. That, a lot of pressure on them and they stood up to it. And, and some players this year for them really broke out. Um, Jack Steele has obviously made himself into one of the best midfielders in the comp, gone from a tagger who um, really played exclusively tagging roles to being let loose and then just was dominating for a period there. Had some off games in there as well, but uh, recruits, they recruited well and, you know, they put wins on the board and they won a final. So that's, that's pretty good to me. Uh, that's a pretty good outcome and, and they've got a lot to look forward to with young players coming through and developing and, you know, more time to play together means they'll play better in the future, you'd think. Missing Jade Gresham towards the end of the year as well. And that's a massive out. So if they have him. In that final against Richmond, not saying he's going to swing the game, but it definitely changes things because he's pretty dynamic and can follow up and kick a few goals. Yeah, A, a for me for Saints. I thought they did really well. Lee? Yeah, I had them at a B plus. I thought, yeah, they would have, yeah, been pushing for finals with um, those players that they brought in. Like they brought in some significant talent all across the field. Um, they've drafted well. So, yeah, I, I had them pushing for finals. I didn't have them winning a final. I thought they would have got done by the doggies. Big, um, big plus for that. But yeah, as, as you said, Jake, the, the players that they already had, like Jack still, yeah, had a superb year, obviously, but someone like, uh, Hunter Clark as well. Had a, a ripper year in the back line, but Dougal Howell was really good. Paddy Ryder had a, um, a solid year as well. He was up and down, but the, um, the player that really impressed me and I've not been a fan of him at all was, um, Zach Jones. I never liked him as a player. I thought he was just really, I thought, honestly, I thought he's, Possession when he was at um, Sydney was really poor and he would just boot it long, kind of like a like a Pal Pepper kind of player. But he's actually like a midfielder. Yeah, but <laughs> like a <it> works. <laughs> like a Clayton Oliver. Yeah, but I, he, hey, like hey, a, I yeah. feel like he's taken like, like some. <laughs> yeah, some <laughs> I, I thought he's taken some significant steps in his possession and. Honestly, getting getting those wins with even Brad Hill not playing that well, and he was like the marquee guy, and he was had a great start to the season, but he dropped off. But they were still really competitive even without him. Yeah, the addition of speed just changed the whole team. They'll, they'll be uh, moving up. Drug allegations, addition of speed. What are you saying about the Saints? <laughs> Man, no one's bombers fan. Everyone's on it. <laughs> oh, bring everyone down to your level. Well, someone's got it. I think Brad Hill was a rough one because they're expecting to get so many possessions on the wing, um, playing a running role. And obviously you're not going to do that. Like you might some games, but if you watch him off the ball, that's where he does his best work. There was one, um, play that the media finally actually showed that he started on the halfback flank. He literally sprinted the entire length of the ground and didn't touch it until he got to the forward line and made an impact in the forward line. Like that kind of stuff. That's invaluable to the team. I, I think, but. How he was at like Hawthorne and Freo, he had like immense midfield talent around him. So he could always just wrap them up because the opposition would go into their better plays where he was almost like one of the most important players for St. Kilda. So they don't rely on a single player to do well. So prop, props yeah. to them and they'll be fine moving forward, I reckon. Really I think Zach exciting. Jones fell off towards the end of the year. I, I was mm-hmm. impressed with him at the start as well. I thought, wow, he's come across and he's really made an impact. 
and he fell away a bit. I don't know, fatigue, whatever. It's fine. Hunter Clark reminds me of the next Pendlebury, to be honest, the way he moves. I don't know if you, yeah. you think the same. The way when he gets the ball and he steps around people and he's always got time, he, he reminds me of what Pendlebury is like. I feel bad. I feel bad for Pendlebury because he'll never, he's never going to win a Brownlow now and he probably deserves one. Just because how good a player mm. he is. Like, He's one of the few players I don't mind sitting there watching going, all right, like, I'll sit there and watch him. Yeah. He's sort of like, uh, obviously not as good as Gary Ablett, but got that sort of, you watch him and say, okay, something cool's going to happen. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not that kind of award though, because you you just got to have that breakout year and that standout year. He's just consistent, isn't he? Always good. Yeah. He wasted a few of his years and he should have had one good year and just not worry about the rest of them. (laughs) Don't know. Don't know. Why Woden? Why Woden? Yeah, wow, jeez. I still remember that night. That was fantastic that night. I was like, how did, how did anyone from Melbourne win that rail award? I was so confused. <laughs> he was like paying like $21 and won it. Someone was good. <laughs> yeah. They were a good team. Well, made the grand final and then decided, oh yeah, we've done enough. Yeah, just shit the bed on the, on the day. Man, we, we didn't even get into bed that day, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any team really rocked up that season except for Essendon. Oh, the Bulldogs did? Yeah, fuck them. With their super flood. <laughs> Justin, how'd you say it, mate? Uh, look, I gave him a B. Like I said, seven out of ten. Don't worry about the the numbers of that. I just yeah. uh, that matches up. Seventy percent's a B. It's cool, so that's yeah. that matches. Yep. Oh, um, I thought they <laughs> the injuries. Sorry, not injuries. Uh, I think they recruited really well, but the injuries in the last that last game, I think, cost them against Richmond. Like with no um no rider, they sort of they probably could have done a little bit more damage, but I think Richmond probably still would have won. Wouldn't wouldn't have been the thirty two points difference that it would have that it ended up being. Yeah, I guess that. Um, I think that. The biggest up, you know, the biggest up for St Kilda this year with a man named uh, Max King. Having him just get on it and start uh, grabbing massive marks, kicking goals, has a little bit to work on the goal kicking, and then he'll he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a freak. He's got a bit to work on his contested marks too because he drops a lot. If you read the St Kilda supporters page, I've been glancing over that Liv's shoulder when she looks at it. It's fucking <laughs> King like take a fucking contested mark and then he does it up on the wing and that uh, it's, it's pretty funny. He's, well, how old is he? He's young. He's going to be very good. Yeah. yeah. I just think... Um, 19 or something? Yeah. Like he, he, yeah. he gets to the ball, and then like he's far and away above everyone else because his vertical's... And he's so tall and long. His <laughs> vertical's ridiculous. And then, I don't know, sometimes it looks like he maybe takes his eyes off it or a bit too much pressure from the defence and he drops on as he could that. Yeah. So, he's, he's probably yeah. also a bit of a fearful. He's not a very big dude. So, like, if, no. you know, if he's up in the air and he's thinking, oh, I'm going to get someone like, you know, Stephen May absolutely smash me. Maybe I'll just protect myself just that little bit. He will be very good, though. I uh, just, yeah, I think obviously first year this year, wasn't it for him? Yeah, yeah. So pretty impressive first year for uh, a forward <laughs> like that. So he's definitely, yeah, he's going to rise. Because even if they say, "Oh, take a mark, take a mark," and they say you should go back to your twos to learn the skill, he's better off being in the seniors, learning how to do it, and then being better off later on. Look at Sam Wiedemann. We didn't play him for ages, and he's only getting good now. That was the same as the Saints last year, and they kept dropping Rowan Marshall. It was their best. He'd be their best on. It was like um, it was like playing AFL Evolution. Have you, have you played my um, player version of that? Ah, uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, I, I went on to AFL Evolution. I had thirty touches and kicked three goals. And then the thing comes up on, on the thing. It says your performance wasn't good enough. You're playing next game in the reserves. What do you want from like. me? That's what it seemed like to me for Rowan Marshall last year. Was that he was he was amazing and he was doing really well and. and it often reflects in the super coach, and, and obviously, um, you know, teams aren't going to look at that. Coaches aren't going to look at the super coach and go, oh, "Let's keep our best super coach um, team out there." There's lots of different things that we don't see as armchair experts. But I think they kept dropping him last year. And I was like, just, just let him go. Like, let him get better. Let him play in the ones that him improve. Um, same yeah. with 
Tom McConning in, um, in Carlton as well. I kept dropping him. And I'm like, but who are you bringing in for him? Like, you, you bring in, you know, older guys who don't have as much potential. Just let him play. I think there's a lot of that that goes on that I feel like you could just, you know, let your young players get better. And the good clubs do that. They just let them play and let them make mistakes and, and then, you know, they recover for them and, and let them get better. Pays dividends. Yeah, but the problem is the clubs, the good clubs that let that happen is they have the good players around them to clean up the mess. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so it's a, a bit so of a... clubs like Carlton, Melbourne and St Kilda and Essendon next year <laughs> won't have the luxury of just saying, oh, we'll just let him go there and make mistakes, kick, you know, 200 goals on us. Yeah, but if you're rebuilding, like, do you really care about making finals that much? Like, I know you do. Like, you want to make it, but would you drop a guy who is going to improve if you played that game just for the chance of making the finals and then losing first round? Like, maybe not, that, maybe not Essendon won't, but, I mean, look at last year. Carlton weren't rebuilding last year. Carlton's been rebuilding for a decade Yeah, but Carlton and St. Hilda weren't rebuilding last year. Essendon will be rebuilding from here on out. Yeah. Uh, see, you reckon? Yeah. yeah. No. Let, let, let's be real here. So who's left? Fantasia that hasn't played. Danaher yeah. that, honestly, we can probably cover that. Good player mm-hmm. when he's playing, but, man. And Saad, like, yeah, that's a big loss. Like, that's legitimately one player from our best consistent 22 that's leaving. And where'd you end up in the ladder? Yeah, I wouldn't say like, that. I mean, that's what you're thinking about. Like, yeah, you're, you're saying, you know, best 22, but you weren't exactly, you know, the top tier sort of team. So any good quality player is gone. That's going to really hurt you. But rebuilding to me is like bottoming out, like Adelaide or North. I don't yeah. think we're there well, yet. This is the bottom out that North, you know, <laughs> are 10 years delayed for. Finishing ninth all time and 10th. They're finally <laughs> bottoming out by coming last in Eastern draft picks. That sounds like this, man. That mid-range team never really helps anyone for a long mm. time. Anyway, boys, I reckon we get into our, our main topic for the night. The GOAT discussion. LeBron, Kobe or Jordan? Uh, do you want me to run through some stats to sort of that we have to keep repeating ourselves all the time? You go for it, mate. You you start right. away. We have, if I can get it up, which I can't. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Hannah, I'm going to send her a sympathy text later on. <laughs> sympathy? She's probably happy about it. <laughs> 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 all right, so we got here championships. Kobe, five. LeBron, four now. Uh, Jordan, six. MVPs, one. Four and five. Finals MVP, two, four and six. Points, uh, points per game. Kobe, 25. LeBron, 27.1. And Jordan, 30.1. And assists per game, 4.7, 7.2 and 5.3. All right, boys. So let's run with Lee. I want to hear your top three first. How do you order them? Jordan's easily number one for me. Like, hands down, he beats everyone any day. Um, uh, yeah, I'll probably go LeBron to Kobe after that. Did you, uh, perhaps change that around? Uh, yeah, I'm getting the feeling that you perhaps had a little I, bit different there for a little bit. I did. I, I, have I, we, have I'll, we bullied you into changing no, your mind? I did have Kobe second there, but yeah, I've got a lot of angst towards LeBron. Do you want me to get into why? it now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tell, us, tell us why. Tell us how your bias is where, eliminating him from hurt, the Where did he hurt you? So where he hurt me was when he went to Miami. Okay, the reason for that is basketball was great to watch because the best of the best players wanted to beat each other. You didn't have to make a super team to to win them or anything like that. I know Jordan had like, Pippen in that, but they built that team, and that's how it is. But LeBron. <laughs> Went to Miami with Dwayne Wade and everyone else, and it just felt like from there, everyone wanted to build a super team like Golden State. 
and they just it was just really frustrating. It made me despise watching the NBA for a little while because it was always out of like one or two teams instead of like a whole league. That's how it is always though. Yeah, I'm about to say always, like, always, is, always. is it is it, is it <laughs> like the 2008 uh, Celtics team that you know they drafted Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. You know, or or they all traded to come together and they won two championships. Well, that-, that pissed me off a little bit too. But they were like towards the end of their careers, though. It wasn't like they were all in their prime. Well, it's pretty <laughs> pretty close to it. <laughs> I don't think you can say they're not in their prime when they're winning two championships. Really? <laughs> like, what other super teams were there in that time? In that time, yeah. But we're talking. You said that the, you don't like the fact that they all came together. But I'm saying that because, and you said you started with that, but it happened before mm-hmm. then. Yeah, but LeBron made it popular for me. Like, no one else was doing it, even after the Celtics were doing it. I reckon it's happened a lot. It always happens. Like, trades happen, you know? But yeah, big I, name I players understand that. Always getting out of small markets and going to big markets. Anyone who hasn't benefited from that is New York. They just don't seem to be able to get yeah, those guys to come to them. But, you know, Lakers and, and Celtics are always attracted big name players because they can pay them. Yeah, so, I, I noticed when, um, when Shaq was drafted the Lakers as well. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to jump in there, Jack. Yeah, like... <laughs> no, I was just waiting for the response from, and it, it, it still from Justin's sarcastic me. comments. Like, it, it's, it still bugs me. Like, I wanted to see LeBron win a championship at Cleveland on his on his own mats and build the team that he was around. So you're no. such a Portland tragic that you're just like, no, like yeah. you'd, you'd probably say Dame's the goat because he's sticking at Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dame, but everyone knows B really is. <laughs> Oh, that's true. He was, he was pretty amazing. But, but, um, yeah, to, yeah. to me, to me, that doesn't, that doesn't feature you. You can't, you can't think about like the team moves that they make because if you're comparing the teams that LeBron was on and the team that Jordan was on, then Jordan's team was far and away more stacked than the ones that LeBron's have been. But Jordan didn't have to move as well. Yeah, but he got but he to moved come people in. <laughs> Who did he move in? Didn't Rodman? Horace Grant come? Horace Grant. Oh, are you going to say that Horace Grant was, the equivalent of a Dwayne Wade or a Shaq. Well, well then you could say that perhaps LeBron he LeBron didn't build a team around him. Dwayne Wade built a team around him. Uh, it's the same principle. <laughs> oh, what a go! I wouldn't say that. The team but, was built around LeBron. It just it just seems like a LeBron bias, though, doesn't it? Because it, yeah, they didn't it, go to Miami and Wade was there, and Wade had won a championship there already, so he was looking for more, right? So he he said, "Oh, mate, LeBron, I'm gonna win more." Yeah, <laughs> I just. I don't know. I don't like it. Like that's just my personal preference, though. Like, is it you don't like the or you don't like the system? I don't like. Honestly, I don't like both. To be honest with you, <laughs> is it because no one goes to Portland? Is it because no one wants to go try and win a championship, <laughs> a championship in Portland? No, I could live with that. What I can't live with is super teams. It's- just well, so then the one he won in Cleveland doesn't count either because Kyrie was there. That's see, that's not three superior plays. If you look at the Golden State oh. team, there's like ten plays there that are ridiculous. Yeah, but the only one that actually came into that was Durant because Curry and Clay and Draymond was there, so they just got better because they drafted mm. well. So there was a super team just from drafting. There was a couple other role players that came in, but their best ones were guys who were just there. Like, super teams yeah. exist. Like, you can call it a super, a super team if you want to, but the fact of the matter is players are going to play somewhere. And if good players go and play with each other, all of a sudden it's a super team. Like, that, that, it bothers me that that, that, that is, is labeled that when they've got to play somewhere and they want to go and win. Like, uh, like, I get it. Like, I sympathize with the fact that you want him to go through adversity and win from a club like Cleveland who was drafted there. 
But then, but then he went and did it. Yeah, he went back and did it for <laughs> he him. Went back and did it. <laughs> yeah, you know, so he could have like, left after like, the, the second time, but he stuck there until he got it. And he goes, "All right, thanks." Yeah, and that's like I, I legitimately think that's a legitimate championship there. <laughs> They're never bringing the legitimacy of each championship. (laughs) (laughs) The fact of the matter is, like, Jordan wouldn't go out and be like, oh, Charles Barkley, I want to be on the team so we can win everything. He wouldn't go to Shaq and be like, yo, Shaq, come over here, I want to win everything. He wanted to beat all of those guys, and he did. Yeah, but so did LeBron. (laughs) He still beat good teams at you. Really? Miami didn't so, really have a chance. No team really had a They lost it the first time they went there. So what? Like they didn't have a chance. 80... They lost two of the four. So Dirk, who should be in this goat conversation, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I did think, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I do love Dirk. <laughs> All right, let's 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 just have a quick little slicing. Who is, of the three players, who's the one player that you would eliminate from the conversation and replace with anyone? Who's the one player you'd just go, not, not in the conversation? I'd get rid of Kobe. Yeah. I'd say Kobe. All right, I'd say Kobe too. Okay, so Kobe's um, clearly not in the conversation. I had that written down. No. Kobe's not in the conversation. I mean, there's it's a two-horse race, but there's yep. other players um, that could be in there as well and, and have an argument. The other thing that we need to consider with with this goat debate as well is like the players that really don't have that much footage or exposure. Like we look at Bill Russell who won like the 11 championship, but no one really talks about him that much. Yeah, but he was like 10 feet tall than everyone else, so what competition did he have? <laughs> <laughs> well, Shaq's not even in it. Like, yeah, well, that's, yeah, okay, Shaq, he should have. As you said, Dirk was a great player too. Like, he's not even a thought in this But is it, but okay, but then, is, is, there, but is there a point even having a, a third person when we're just talking about it's LeBron or Jordan? It's pretty much LeBron Jordan, I think. Magic? But then, yeah, if you say magic, you have to say bird. Mm, yeah. Like, it's so hard. Cause they're all completely different players. I think Jordan has the edge over LeBron because he won a defensive player of the year award. So he's that- excellent on both yeah. ends. He's so nitpicking now. Though, he just hasn't won the award. What was that, sorry? I said, I said, so is LeBron. He's great defensively too. He just has not won the award. So for me, for me, it's one, oh, it's, it's close. It's not like it's the cut. But I was thinking about this a lot. And to me, I think LeBron's got it. Now that he's won this championship and that he's got the potential to do more and the fact that he's played 17 years, is it? Yep. And he's still doing what he's doing and he still looks like he's like the new player that he was and he's ridiculously athletic. Now he's a better shooter. Uh, he's better in the clutch. Uh, all those things that they were saying at the start of his career, they're like, oh, he'll never be the GOAT because he passes on the final play. And the goat wouldn't do that. He's not doing that anymore. And well, he did, were, in game five. <laughs> he did. Uh, he did. He did in game five. It. Yeah, but not as not as often as he was, and he wasn't looking like no. he's a choker. Like he had a triple double for God's sake. Like <laughs> the guys, the guys, ridiculous. So, like you know, like, t- to me that means you know, all these things that forever LeBron, people have been trying to bring down LeBron and say, no, you're not the goat. He started as a 16-year-old getting, you know, national and international media coverage. People were saying, this guy's going to be the best ever. What kind of pressure? 16 years old was he under? And Jordan wasn't. So, I mean, Jordan had, you know, the upbringing was different because he was told you're not good enough to play. And then he worked on it. So it became, like, absolutely amazing. Arguably the GOAT. LeBron, however, was told you're going to be the GOAT and then still had to work for it. So I think that um, a lot of people say that Jordan's a goat because of his work ethic. But he can't be as good as LeBron if he didn't work hard. Maybe it's just no. not as celebrated mm-hmm. as what Jordan's is. So that's part of it for me as well. No way he'd be as good as he is if he didn't work on it. And he clearly does. He doesn't so much. 
might and not people have that. wanted people wanted Jordan to be the goat too. It wasn't like people were always trying to find new yardsticks saying, "Yeah, but you haven't done this yet. Yeah, but you haven't beaten the mons. You haven't beaten the monsters yet. You're not there. You know, <laughs> like they keep changing what he needs to do." Wait until you do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my final criteria. Okay, he needs to beat the monsters and he needs to have a good game with Bugsy as Jordan did. <laughs> and then I'm I'm ready to, to hand it over. Well, the MVP of that game was actually Bill Murray. So, um, there. What I didn't man? say he had to win the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> but if he wins the MVP, then that's just, you know, a bit of uh, icing on the top. So back but to serious conversations, so. though. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure that has anything to do with it. But to me, to me, it is now LeBron. I was always a Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Now I'm thinking, well, maybe we've been unfair on LeBron. Insane. Expectations have been ridiculous from day dot. LeBron, I think he's met them. I don't see oh, yeah. how, how he can't have. Teams that he's won championships. Yes, you could say that he had a pretty good team at Miami, um, but you'd say that that was at the very least equal to what Jordan had to do with Chicago for his entire six-year stint there, um, the six years that they won anyway, and then obviously doesn't count the, the baseball years. But, um, <laughs> Which apparently, like, if you look at his stats, he was a pretty good baseballer for what he was playing at. Uh, they were saying that he was going to be one of the better ones, like, well, that's obviously just straight from what I was saying. Yeah. He was going to be one of the better ones if he kept working at it. Yeah, because apparently his, his average was what the average is now for a batter in the, in the double A. Mm. So he wasn't, I mean, look, he was never amazing, but he could have had he stuck with it, he would have done pretty well. Well, you never know that for 100%. But was it the was it the owner of the, the team he played for also owned the Chicago Bulls? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gee, some people are rich, aren't they? Yeah. Far out. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Lee, what do you reckon? About... Well, LeBron or Jordan? Oh, I've got Jordan number one. Like, I I understand. I get it's hard to judge because like LeBron hasn't finished yet, and you got to look at the whole body of work when it's completed. Like, I'll probably still say Jordan because yeah, I've, I've got something against LeBron, but that's just my own opinion. But yeah, Jordan. Like another question I want to raise is who had the tougher opponents during their their journey? You reckon? I think that's pretty on par. Reckon. Why? The, I why think Jordan saying, was really you're, you're saying Jordan. Why? Oh, I'm, I'm just open for discussion. Like, no, but you obviously have a very clear. <laughs> but you, no, no, you're no. saying he, has, he beat the Pistons, and that's why he's. It's <laughs> not the Pistons. Whereas LeBron just had to beat the the referees. It's very different. It's it's hard mm. it's hard to compare because the rules are very different, and the yeah. the level of contact was clearly very different. I don't, you know, how LeBron would have gone through that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. but I think it, he would have been fine. He's he's, he's massive. He's, a, he's a, just a truck. He's, he's a big so dude. Big. Oh Imagine standing in front of that guy trying to take a charge. Imagine that. Just him coming out here and he just fell off the back in the hell. I don't think <laughs> I'll be waking up. I will. Do you think LaMelo Ball is really upset with LeBron right now? Why is that? They trade, he traded him out. LaMelo? Was it LaMelo he traded out? Or who, no, no, it was the other one. The other... Yeah, Lorenzo. 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 Lorenzo's so under the pals. Well, that was for Anthony Davis, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think he's a little bit like, oh, I wish I, he would let me stay? Um, I love it. That was LeBron's fault for it. Uh, <laughs> it runs the organisation. Yeah, let's be real. It probably is. <laughs> yeah, probably. Might as well be coach as well. Well, we haven't actually heard what you think, Justin. You've just been probing questions and, and being a little sarcastic up in the peanut gallery. Of course. <laughs> That's the best way to do it, isn't it? You gather all the evidence, then you sort of make your judgment. Uh, I've gone LeBron number two, Jordan number one. Oh, why? But what have you got? No, I'm going LeBron? LeBron one. I'm going LeBron one. Oh, oh. oh he's just changed because I, I said why. 
No, I just, I set to search my feelings and I thought, nah, I, in, if I'm thinking who would I rather sit there and watch play, um, I'd rather watch LeBron play. Oh shit, I'd rather watch Jordan play, but I still think LeBron's a guy. Yeah, for nah, sure. I think, I think Jordan. I think LeBron. You're getting, you're getting me all bloody busted now. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm used, just, I'm used to the throwing little comments out. They're not being asked comments. Just pick Kobe and you're done with it, mate. It can be different. No, I'm not picking Kobe. Why not? I don't think he was as good as the other two. I think I he's say, far away from the other two. Another piece of evidence uh, that I've found, um, which is conveniently missing from Michael Jordan, is the career win percentage. I thought that would be a good thing to have a look at um, to see in terms of the impact they would have had. And for me, I think that LeBron's had considerably worse teams that he's played on. Examples of the, the Cleveland team, if he's not there, um, that team's getting nowhere near the finals in general, let alone the conference finals and the NBA finals. So LeBron's career win percentage is 62.3%, including all regular season and playoff games, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, and then Kobe's with 65.8%, so better than LeBron. Didn't get anything on Jordan. It's it's just not there. I don't know if you guys could find it, but I spent about an hour trying to search for it in different spots. Could not see what his career win percentage was. You can get all his games, but I don't want to go through and count all the wins and losses. Forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that, I don't know, but I would say that LeBron's is probably better than Jordan's in terms of wins as well. Although the Bulls did have some seasons there where they were pretty damn good. Was it, would they get, was it 68 and 4? They were, no, no, no. It was like 70 something. And 72 and 10 was their best. 72 and 10. Yeah, so they got that, beaten, uh, didn't they, by, G- uh, by the Golden State Warriors? Yeah. I almost always call them the GWS. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a little bit off. I think that. you made a, a good point there, Jake. Like, LeBron early in his career had absolutely trash teams. Yeah, like, he did. And he took them to really bloody trash. NBA finals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you get to the finals with Gauskas. Oh, yeah. He yeah. had no one with him. Shaq. <laughs> like Sasha Vujicic, she had, like, as his shooter. I don't know, like, he just had, yeah, guys that. You're down, mm, yes. yeah. just wouldn't have been there. It wouldn't have, wouldn't have been anywhere. Fair and he was just like, get <laughs> yeah. on my back, boys. I'm just going to fucking take you. Yeah. He would have yeah. been 20 when he, when he did that. Yeah. yeah. But repeatedly. He just didn't do it once. He was just like, yep, I'm going to take all the shit trucks. I'll make you look real good. And obviously, <laughs> he couldn't win it. But then he came up against some pretty awesome teams and then almost won them. So, yeah. That, that kind of stuff to me says that. Just changes the team. I reckon he was better at a younger age, for sure. I think he's better like a fine line, and he's better now. I think. Better, I, I do you mean better than Jordan or better as a whole, Lee? Earlier in his career, better than is Jordan better than, when oh, Jordan okay. was oh, earlier in his saying. career. Okay, yeah. I thought yeah. you were just saying he was better when he was younger. Oh no, no, no! I'm just yeah comparing the two early in their career and LeBron. Oh, what well, I know. <laughs> well, Jordan did have some trash teams as well, but he couldn't take that team to a finals. But he played a very different game early on. It was very individual-based, where LeBron yeah. tried to get his team kind of involved. LeBron's yeah. always been a bit of passer than Jordan. Oh, like, yeah. Jordan was always asked to be that guy who would just put two on his back at the end of the game and, and score. That was his mm. role. LeBron yeah. was like everything. Rebounder, yeah. passer, playmaker. Rockman. Stick your, his really in your face while he dunks on you guy as well. <laughs> And he had no regard for human life, are you? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, for me, it's it's LeBron now. And um, don't at me. So, so you're going got... LeBron. So you've changed it to LeBron. I was always LeBron. I thought you were Jordan. No, you was LeBron. Was no, no, sorry, you're Jake. You were the one. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got two LeBrons, one Jordan. Yep, I'm, th- I'm thinking with uh, LeBron. You are? You sure? Yes. 
<laughs> no yes, one can see yes. your face, but that was a deep thought process. The mouth on the wheel was going. It's going to be some edits, and it's going to be like, Jordan. Just before we said, Jordan, Jordan. Yeah, like last week's Geelong. <laughs> what's, the, what's the Simpsons one in that one? I can't remember. You did it well last Atlanta week. Falcons. That's it. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> you know, they, with that episode, they did the animation that way. So that way, when they release it, they could just dub it over the top. Yeah, it was literally done that way. So they, pardon? Wasn't that the point of the joke? No, because they wouldn't, they didn't want to say the wrong teams. They wanted to have the actual teams in the, um. Ah, I got what you mean. Yeah. So the joke yeah. sort of benefited. Yeah, they made the joke be the joke, but then they thought, well, we'll just add the actual team in when they come. That's cool. I like that. So a lot of thought process used to go into The Simpsons. Used to. <laughs> but this isn't about who used to be better, old Simpsons or new Simpsons. No. Uh, it's how LeBron is better than Jordan. <laughs> all right, boys. That was So we're all happy we're a definitive with our choices. Yep. Yep. And cool. Kobe's no longer in it. I'd say probably maybe 100th best ever. Top. Is that, where, is that where we've landed with Kobe? He's, he's top 10. Yeah. Top 10. Who would you have a third? If you could have anyone at third, who would you put third? Don't need to tell me why. Just snap it. I'm going Shaq. I'll go Magic. Oh. Yeah, you already said Magic. I said snap, Jake. Not uh, uh, let's sit down back for five minutes. I have a thing. Yeah, but it's not It's not a straightforward thing. Uh, I'd probably go Bill Russell just based on how many. There we go, guys. We have our our semi-definitive probably change later on in the future or when, as soon as we finish this podcast and regret everything we've said. It would uh, Pardon? You'll change. Well, I'll stay. You'll change. <laughs> I'll go back and forth all the time. I'll watch a YouTube video when I finish. I'm like, oh, maybe I should go on this. <laughs> but I'll, I'll stick. I'll, I'll stay fat for now, and we'll go LeBron. I, I mean Jordan. No, I mean I mean I mean LeBron. Let's go LeBron. LeBron. Maybe Jordan. Facts are meaningless. You can use facts to prove anything that's even remotely true. Facts, Max. All right, everybody, it's time now to get fact. Jake, do you want to take us away? Absolutely. Uh, my fact flows on with the NBA theme, and I was inspired by some research I did through uh, looking at the GOAT debate and looked at total win percentages for their careers. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to see who, which player of all time had the greatest winning percentage. Uh, the player with the greatest winning percentage over their career is Manu Ginobili. He's got a win percentage of 0.702, which is 70.2% which is pretty amazing. 70% of his games he won. Um, obviously an Argentinian, so I'm sure the Americans are a bit upset about that, the fact that the winningest player is not American. Anyway, stick it up them. So the top three all, all Spurs <laughs> from the same team. So Ginobili, seven, uh, 70%. Parker, uh, Tony Parker, 69.5%. And then Timmy Duncan is 69.4%. So that team just won an incredible amount of games. And they're actually the winningest team in sports uh, ever. That Spurs team. So um, that's a yeah, a pretty great accolade for them to have. And then I went down the other path and I thought, well, if they're the best, who are the top three worst? Who's got the least winning percentage for their careers? So the bottom three. So number three is Doug Smith. He played for Dallas Mavs and also Boston Celtics from 92 to 96. He's got a winning percentage of 23.6%. And there's Bryant Reeves, who's the Vancouver Grizzlies big man. You could have played as him on NBA Hang Time. He was one of their guys <laughs> you, you could select. Um, he played from 95 to 2001, and he had a 22% win um, win percentage for his career. 
And the last one is a current player who I'm not sure how much court time he gets, but he, he played for the 76ers and the Pelicans, and he has a 20% win percentage for his career. And that's Hollis Thompson. So some pretty terrible times for him being in the league for eight years now and winning only two in 10. It's pretty bad. I was just about to say that he's been in there for almost a decade for 20% we- wins. <laughs> winning two two in 10, you could say one in five. <laughs> yeah. You feel a little bit better. Does it? Oh, I don't know. Two bad than one, isn't it? <laughs> and if he won the first five, then he had to wait another, what, 15 matches to win another one. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be that'll be tough. So, a uh, bit of Cade Simpson about him, Hollis Thompson. Yeah, that's a bad oh. record. <laughs> did, so, how many losses did Cade Simpson get? Was it two hundred and eight? Ah, oh, something stupid. Yeah, because yeah. he ended up on top, didn't he? He sort of slowly surpassed um, Jones and Ruse. Mm, he had more losses than wins, I'm pretty sure, in his career. Yeah. yeah. So, it's pretty impressive to stick around in a team like that when you're losing it, everything. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine trying to stick around in the team just in, like keep playing. Like, I lose. Or is it me, or is it the team? You start questioning you know, your own self worth. I don't reckon you would if you were playing on that team. You'd be like, nah, it's the team. It's definitely the team. <laughs> While you're on the bench, well, I suppose if you're on the bench all the time, you can't. You can't. You can't be blamed for it. No, you wouldn't have blamed him. He was one of our best for a long time. Mm. <laughs> went to um, went to Emerald High School, um, didn't he, Cade Simpson? So um, up in the hills in Victoria, pretty sure. He's definitely from that area. Not sure if he went there or not. Now I'm doubting myself. Pretty sure he did though. Emerald <laughs> High School. So beautiful little high school in the sticks. This is where we need Gizmo to do some fact checking for us. It's a shame he's still incubating. <laughs> <laughs> the gestation period hasn't quite ended. Yeah, we probably just need to fix up his programming a bit, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, he came from the Northern Bull Ants. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't quite say where he came from. Pretty sure it was Emerald. I'll, I'll quickly have a search. All right. Well, Lee, why um, Jake has a look. I want to take us through your journeys of getting fact. Uh, so my uh, facts are in regards to Norm Smith medalists who were in losing sides. So, in the history of the AFL, VFL, there has been four Norm Smith winners that um, were on losing sides. The first one was Morris Rioli in 1982. Obviously, he played for Richmond, and they were beaten by Carlton on the day. So the, um, it was an interesting day with the famous female streaker only wearing a Carlton scarf who tried to give a hug to Bruce Dool. So that's a pretty, pretty famous video going around back in the day. And uh, just to top it off, the halftime entertainment consisted of um, Rolf Harris. <laughs> so probably not a great day <laughs> in the history of the game, man. Um, wow. the, the second uh, Norm Smith medalist was Gary Ablett Sr. in 1989. He was playing for Geelong during that time. And they lost to his old team, Hawthorne. He kicked nine goals in the match, which is the equal highest with Gordon Coventry in the grand final. This was uh, widely regarded as one of the hardest games of football ever with uh, Dipper actually puncturing his lung and Dermy getting cleaned up in the opening seconds. Was it, I think Bruce Dool wasn't it? That ran in straight into him. Was it Bruce Dool? Ran no, straight no. into him yeah. at the start and it was all pre-planned because early in the season, well, they were going to get him anyway. Mm. And then Geelong coach said, who wants to get him? And their Geelong player said, well, he got me early on. 
I'll hook him now. Yeah, they got him within the opening seconds, came off yep. the uh, the edge of the square and just cleaned him up, nowhere near the ball. So uh, Hawthorne held on to win that game. They actually only had 13 fit plays on the ground at the end of it. So Whoa. You can't half tell play. that Damien's had a bit of head trauma in his time. He's a very <laughs> eloquent commentator, isn't he? Um, <laughs> Trying to string a sentence together. I think he uses a bit of liquid courage to get through the commentary. <laughs> if, you, if you listen from the start of Saturday to the end of Saturday, it, uh, it slows a bit more. Speaking of which, I reckon Jonathan Brown does too. Have you watched him lately on, on Fox Footy? He's struggling. He's hilarious. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's so funny though. There was, there was one that was recently and um, they were talking about Tom Papley and about him coming back to Sydney and they just did a big spiel. And Gary Lyon goes, what do you think about that brownie? And he goes, who are you talking about? <laughs> he doesn't listen. <laughs> it was fucking funny though. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so after Ablett, we had Nathan Buckley, 2002 for Collingwood, again beaten by his old side Brisbane. Collingwood were winning uh, in the dying seconds, the same time the Norm Smith votes were actually cast. So they were actually winning when they... Um, actually cast their votes because they don't actually do it at the end of the game. They do it like with five minutes to go or something. And, um, yeah, so they ended up losing and he was deemed best on ground. Uh, he was so disappointed that he took off the medal immediately and uh, didn't want to say too much. Poor Bucks. That's interesting they do it before the game. I understand why they would because so it wouldn't take them ages to get the votes in. I think it's changed now, though. Sure, yeah, yeah. In, in, yeah, a, yeah. in a close game. Game. I think yeah. ever since him, I think, or maybe the next, yeah, they changed it recently for that mm. reason. It would make sense reckon, in a close game that you'd hold off, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, well, I reckon it happened in 2005 as well, which was the last one, which was Juddy. Um, and that was against Sydney by four points. It was uh, famous because that Leo Barry Mark, absolutely one of the best moments in football, I reckon. Give us the comment, mate. Give us your best impression. Yeah, Justin. <laughs> no, no, you're up. You're, you're calling for a Jakey. Come on. You want me to do it? Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, what did he even say? Someone tell me. Leo Barry, Leo you Barry, star. You star. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got him. Tricks in it. If not one of the best moments in AFL Grand Final history. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Perfect. One of the best. And um, there's an honorable mention as well. Lenny Hayes winning the drawn Grand Final. But. They didn't lose, so he doesn't count. <laughs> well, there's an interesting thing with the, the lose, uh, Norm else? Smith. They There's one, I think, is it Nathan Graham? Graham? Graham, I think it was. He or played for St. Kilda in the 2011 Grand Final. Um, let me just check. Gardner? No, no, Graham. He's a blonde-head-looking weird. Oh, Nathan yeah. Graham. Yeah. So he drew in the 2009 Grand Final for Norm Smith. But because they do the count, they, they did the count back back then, or they still do. He didn't win it, and I think it was um, they, uh, Chapman who won it in the end. Yeah, so he actually drew even, but because mm. they only award one, they did the count back, and because he had one three vote, and um, uh, Chapman had one two vote, he uh, Chapman got it over him. There you go. There's another little fun fact for the. North it could East. have been a fifth. <laughs> yeah. I had a look at um, other sports where people have been given these type of things in a losing team. Um, I had a look at NBA. It's only ever happened once in the NBA. Who do you reckon would have got the finals MVP in a losing side? Um, Recent? In the nah. last three years? No, old. old? I would say 
But very uh, famous Johnson? in the league. Hey, Maddie Ma- Johnson or Larry Bird? No, neither of those. Will Chamberlain? Not Will. You see him every single NBA game. You see him. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> every single M- oh, um, not Charles Barkley. Jerry West. Shaq. Jerry West. Jerry he's West. The logo. Oh, the logo. The logo. <laughs> yeah, he he. Yep, he was the only one to win it while being on the losing team. Wow. So, and then I also looked at um, happens a lot in cricket, obviously. So man of the match is given to obviously it's a bit different to Norman Smith because that's not the grand final. But um, <laughs> the player with the most man of the match awards not on the winning side is Tendulka. He's he's won it, he's done it six times, and the only Aussie to get it is Greg Chappell. He got it twice. Hmm. So, um, and that that was it. Also, I found out about Cade Simpson. Did go to Emerald Secondary College and then started his footy career playing for Emerald as well. So oh, you got to back yourself in. Mate. You're a wizard. Yep. <laughs> I just come from the hills, and he's famous from the hills, and there's not many. <laughs> <laughs> there's what? There's you. There's there's not even me. <laughs> oh yeah, there's Glenn Maxwell. Yeah, but yep. there's, and there's Kate Simpson. And there's Kate Simpson. Is there anyone else? I don't even know. There's, a few, mu- there's a few musicians from up that way, um, but not not sports people that I can think of. There might be. Well, there we go. There's a little fun fact for um a couple of weeks' time. Right. Famous people from our regions. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think it's only me. <laughs> Tickets on himself. Jesus, that's great. Building the mystique. <laughs> Justin, hit us with the Debbie Files. All right, we got Debbie Files part two. Uh, this is the last that we're going to do for a little bit, a little while. But I thought I'd go pretty hard. So uh, we're covering really here 1940 to about 1970, a little bit, a little bit later. So we're looking. Uh, last week we sort of looked at the the original people. So we're looking at. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Campbell and uh, Thomas Pebbles, who invented cheerleading for their men's team in Minnesota, as I've double checked. But we're looking at the development of modern day cheerleading. The very first um, cheerleading camp was made by a dude named Lawrence Herky Herkman, and he did it in a Methodist church in Dallas, Texas. And Dallas is going to be a very pretty big theme from here on out. All right, because the 1960s, the Dallas Cowboys paved the way for the what we see as cheerleaders, that sort of, you know, uh, the, the scantily dressed uh, type of girl. And it all started with a stripper who ran down the the sort of, uh, what are they called, the, the stairs. What are they called? The, when the, the, the big, the grandstand. There we go. Ran down the, the grandstand, holding a bunch of cotton candy, shouting out, go, uh, go Cowboys. And it caught the eye of the the GM Tex Schramm, and so as of 1969, all the male cheerleaders were dropped. They said no more of this. People want to see good-looking women the way they're dressed on TV. So then, what he did is the following year he got the high school students to come in dressed the way that he wanted to dress. Yet, very, I can see your face going. Ugh, oh. I agree. Very, <laughs> but don't worry, guys. That only lasted for a year. Okay, so after, oh, sorry, two years. So in uh, after 1972, they brought in, you know, people over the age of 18 to sort of be dressed the way they were, which I think we can all agree is probably much, much better off than what they were originally trying to do. Debbie Files just got dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to know where this is going. Yeah. It, gets, it gets darker, guys. It gets darker. We need to put yeah. a disclaimer at the start of the episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
yeah, it gets the, it, not much darker, but a little bit darker. All right. So obviously, as we know, um, the Dallas Cowboys are the most famous cheerleading bunch, the, the Dallas Cowgirls. Okay. So in 1978, there was a film released called The Debbie Does Dallas, starring uh, Bambi Woods. Okay. And basically, the whole concept was these Dallas cheerleading, uh, these girls at the Dallas uh, high school try, going to do tryouts for the Dallas cheerleaders. And some shenanigans ensue. And, you know, it's one of them films that perhaps you'd watch alone at night and we'll move on from there. But an interesting fact about Debbie Does Dallas is they had a bloke (laughs) named uh, Robert uh, Kerman in it, okay? And he was also in a film called Cannibal Holocaust. The two films share a relationship in the fact that they were both investigated by the FBI. Um, Debbie Does Dallas was investigated for the ties to the mob. And Cannibal Holocaust was investigated because the director paid all the actors to go away for three years, so that way it would be believed that all the actors were killed and eaten on set. Interesting. Like I said, like I said, it gets a little bit darker from here. But now we're going to come back on the upswing. I don't know if that's as dark. I still think that high school chicks being cheerleaders dressed like that is darker than fake eaten yeah, people. Yeah, that's that's messed up. <laughs> yeah. True. It's pretty. It's probably the worst thing anyone said on this podcast, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I read it, I, I had to read it twice. I'm like, they got the high school girls to come in and do it. And I looked at it twice. I'm like, no. And I had to read it again. Oh, ugh, ugh. And I thought, well, it's a fact. You know, it's not yep. opinion. It's not opinion. <laughs> this is opinion that is gross. That's opinion. But... So anyway, so in response to the film <laughs> Debbie Does Dallas, the Dallas Cowgirls made their own movie called, uh, well, the TV movie called Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders. Okay, and it had its own sequel in 1968. However, it didn't quite have the same amount of sequels as Debbie Does Dallas, as there were uh, two sequels, and then she went and did New Orleans, and then she did it again, as well as it has its very own Broadway musical. I can see why so, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders just is not as catchy as Debbie does Dallas, is it? No, no, yeah. you can't really make a musical out of it. You can't. How would you make a musical out of <laughs> Debbie does Dallas? I have no idea. Again, one of the things I read, I'm like, oh, I'd like, how would that that work? But then I went to see um, Bring It On the musical, and they just changed the whole movie. So I'm guessing they probably cut out a few parts from the movie to the musical. Probably some of the useless talking parts. <laughs> Just it. So it's straight up porn on the stage. <laughs> Just people coming. Oh, can't believe people are going to listen to this. <laughs> but that's right. Look, so that's the Debbie Files Part Two. Uh, I'm going to take a week away from the Debbie Files. Probably need a break uh, after that. That's that's a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so absorb that. So next week, I'm going to find some uh, nice little fun facts. And Lee, you sort of touched on one of them before regarding the, um, the 1982 grand final. Was it 1982? Yes. Yes. Maurice Rioli won. So, yeah. All right, guys. Should we move on to our next segment? Before we do, I just want to make yeah. a correction because I said something that was wrong. Um, I said that that was the worst thing about the, the high school cheerleaders that's been said on this podcast. But the real worst thing that's been said on this podcast is that 
LeBron doesn't deserve to be the GOAT because he's been on super teams. That was the worst thing that's been said on this podcast. I actually had a thought about it today, and I even thought to myself, what the hell is going on with that comment? <laughs> Mate, I'm going to add in this. How many finals did he make? How many did he win? He's LeBron, does, does that not say that he had worse teams and he was up against better competition? Nah, I'm not getting back into this. You guys are wrong. Hey, Jordan will smoke him. All right, guys, so let's uh, share our tips. Perhaps play a little game called Just a Tip. Just for a second, just to see how it feels. All right, now, guys, let's give our tips for the week, and then we'll get into our best bets. Lee, what are you tipping is going to happen this weekend? Uh, the tips for this weekend, I reckon Richmond and Brisbane will both get up in their prelims this week. Oh. Comfortably. Jake? I'm tipping Port to beat Richmond because it's in Adelaide and Port have been the best team all year. And I also really hope they beat them. I hope they really? beat them. Yeah. I honestly think, though, because I know that Richmond's very good and um, I think Port's ready and they've been playing better than Richmond have and it's at their home ground. So I think all those things will come together and they'll beat them. You don't think the extra week off is going to hurt them? No, I don't. No, I think that'll help them. One game in three weeks. I don't know. I just think they've got a good, really well-balanced side and they're ready. They've been playing well. I haven't seen them play a really bad game this year. They've had some average ones, but not a terrible one. Whereas I've seen Richmond play bad this year. Um, So I don't know. Maybe Richmond's definitely bringing good form into it. So it's hard to pick, but I'm tipping important. That's a close one, I reckon. Well, I'm going the opposite, boys. I'm tipping Penrith Panthers and Richmond to win on the weekend. I'm all over the Panthers because they finished top and I just want to see them win. If they win, I'll start going. I'll follow one NRL team. I'll follow them. Fair enough. Um, all right, boys, what about your tips? That was our tips. What about our bets? I mean, your bets. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> I got a bit tongue-tied. I'm still sort of dreary over some of the facts I delivered last uh, last segment. My uh, my best bet is Brisbane. They were $1.73 last I checked head-to-head. I think that's fairly good odds for a team that's in great form. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think they match up well against Geelong and they'll beat them. Lee? Uh, best bet uh, with sports bet, you've, they can uh, bring your own Brownlow bet. And someone's put in Lockie Neal to poll more votes than Adelaide in the Brownlow for $1.80. I'll load think, that up. Yeah, I reckon he will definitely have more votes than Adelaide combined. Wow, that's, yeah. Jeez, he could. But he also right. he also what. very much may not. Like that's hard. A whole team. Anyway, I like it. It's been done before. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. Yeah. That category. And do you have any others, Lee, that you want to sort of just put out in the universe? Uh I was I was going to put this down, but Goldstone had a pretty good season, but I was thinking locking Neil to poll more votes than North Melbourne and that was paying roughly six dollars. That's I reckon that's a better bet to be honest. I don't yeah, I know that Goldstein did, but Ruckman don't generally get votes. So yeah. mm, but there was also Jed Anderson and they had a few close games earlier in the season, oh, so yeah, yeah might be pretty Jets. tough. Then again they're gonna poll like you'd expect Lucky Neil to get about thirty five ish. And they, they got Jai Simpson. They got Jai is it Jai Simpson? Simpkin. Jai, yeah. Simpkin, yeah. Mm. He's he might take he might um sort of wreck that bet as well. Yeah true. Mm. I think, yeah, the Adelaide one's a little bit more firmer. Your adventurous bet's a little bit more adventurous than mine. Uh, Mine was just Brisbane at a minus 7.5 line to bump up your odds to $2.05. I thought that was pretty good. I reckon they could beat them by two goals. Mm. 
I reckon they could. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Um, I've gone uh, with the winner without Neil to be Petrarca for the Brownlow. Without Neil? And that's paying $3.50. That's pretty good. The only thing that might stuff that up is Oliver. Yeah, Mm -hmm. true. Also, Travi you know, Boken still have pretty good years. They'll be yeah, up there. Yeah, I was going to say, um, those those two are definitely up there. Although, I don't know. I, I reckon Steele will be. I don't know about Boke. I think that he he had a, he definitely had a good year, but so did the rest of his team. And I think that, you know, he had some really standout games where the media just went, wow, this guy's amazing this year. But he also had some just average games. So, I don't know. Mm. don't know about him. Yeah, but you, I think it's going to be a good night. I, Lockie Neal, I'm guessing we're all saying Lockie Neal's going to win it. Yeah, that's a lock. It's hard to see how he can't at the moment. Yeah. Particularly with the... I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I always feel that the umpires get a little bit influenced, particularly on the second back half of the year when people start saying he's playing really well, so they start looking at him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus he's in the midfield. So, <laughs> yes, he's always there. <laughs> it's hard to beat that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excellent, boys. So we'll chuck a multi on. Last week our multi got up uh, for anyone listening. So we had uh, Lynch to kick a goal in the first half. We had... Uh, Nadal to win the French Open. Uh, we well, had two dollars. Yes, and then we had Seahawks to win one to thirteen. Lee, how much did they get up by? Uh, they got up by a point with fifteen seconds to go. Bang! In I the was range. watching. I was getting in the range. Cash money in the range. <laughs> so that that was paying six dollars uh, as a multi. So we got that up, and they're very very happy with the the weekend's work. Nice. Excellent. Are we ready for some quiz? Okay, the quiz theme this week is guess the team. So what I'm going to do for you is I'll read out some pretty vague or specific facts about the teams. And then you need to figure out who they are. Now, to get a point, you must know the full name of the team. So I don't just want the mascot name. I want to know the full name. So if one of them was the um, the Brisbane Bears, for example, you can't just say Bears. You need to say Brisbane Bears. Otherwise, get the fuck out of my quiz. So. <laughs> oh, shit. So you've got to jump through the screen for a second. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? Yeah. Justin, can you test your buzzer, please? Buzz. Lee, can you test your buzzer, please? I'm not going to fall for that again. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Justin did. Every time. Did. You fall. Okay, ah. so don't have any buzzes in this. So, Buzz. Question number one. Okay, so this team entered the NBL in 2005-2006 season and exited in the 08-09 season. They replaced the Victoria Titans in the league. The very first signing of the team was Jingling Joe Ingles. Their first coach was NBA All-Star Mark Price, and he resigned after the team lost their first five games. He cited family reasons for that, but debatable. And then he was replaced by Shane Heal. Who are they? Justin's laughing because he knows what a mistake he's made, but he's made the mistake. So, what did you say, Justin? Uh, Collingwood Magpies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And, uh, well, they're a netball team. Well, they were. 
Lee, where'd you go? Uh, Geelong Supercats. Right, unfortunately, you're both wrong. The team is the South Dragons. Oh, that's uh, yeah. <clears throat> I thought that the, the Joe Ingalls thing would be a dead giveaway, but obviously mm. not. No. I can picture right. it, but... Yeah. yeah. So, Neil Ol. I can draw it. It'd be bad, but I can still draw it. Mm. <laughs> <right>. Good chat. <laughs> was, that a, was that a quote from somewhere? No. I'm just, I can just... I like drawing. Oh. Right, are we ready? <laughs> yes. All right, I'm going to read this one in a quiz voice. Ooh. Okay, are we ready for question two, boys? Yeah, it sounds pretty good, man. Not a quiz voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was expecting voice? like an Eddie McGuire. <laughs> are, you, are you Bubbles Cash? <laughs> what, is it, what does a quiz voice sound like? All righty, guys. Here's the next question. All right, that's a good one. <laughs> that is good. Can you read it for me, Justin? No. Give me the. How about you give me the answer first, then you read the question. And we'll see how we go. <laughs> we'll play Jeopardy. <laughs> Who is the? Anyway, so all right. Question two, ready? Yep. Uh, Justin, test your buzzer for me. But ah uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time. All right. So an Australian T Twenty franchise. So twenty twenty for you, Justin, because you're not a biggest cricket fan. One of their players holds the current record for runs scored in a Big Bash match. They've been runners-up on three different occasions and are coached by David Hussey. Who are they? Ooh, interesting. All right, Justin, who did you say? I went the Melbourne Renegades. And Lee, who did you go? Melbourne Stars. Ding, ding, ding. It's the Melbourne ah. Stars, right? City, wrong franchise. Sorry, Justin, the Stars. I knew it was one of the it two. It was Glenn Maxwell with the runs, isn't it? No, it's Stoinis. Marcus Stoinis. Ah. Got the uh, yeah, last, last season, I'm pretty sure. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. That, that, I watched that match. It was amazing. That guy's a freak. Couldn't make the Australian team, and then he had to do that. And they were like, oh, okay, you can play for us. You can make us runs too. <laughs> <laughs> was this when they were really terrible and they had no players? The Australian side. They'd never been yeah, that. Yeah, they've, always, suspended. they've always been good with T20. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it's T21. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Ready for question number three? Yes, sir. Okay. So question number three. This team is one of the foundation teams of the Commonwealth Bank Trophy, which was previously the Premier Netball League in Australia. So one of the five Australian franchises in the ANZ Championship, they won four minor premierships and two Commonwealth Bank trophies. They usually play their home matches at Priceline Stadium. Who are they? Priceline Stadium. Tricky one, this one. Real tricky. Oh, see, I'm going to tell you one, no. <laughs> Have you watched Netball? No. I've been watching Netball on the weekends because it comes on after the footy shows. Um, but I'd... Um... Well, Lee's locked in. Take your time, Justin. You don't have to rush. That's the only one I know. <laughs> I think we put the same answer down. All right. You have both put the same answer down. <laughs> Ready? In three, two, one. Melbourne, Melbourne Vixens. Vixens. <laughs> uh, wrong. So <laughs> the answer is the Adelaide Thunderbirds. 
for this uh, one. Oh, I do know they that. are go. Yes, Thunderbirds are go. Yes. So um, yep. Moving along. So <laughs> it's uh one to Lee, none to Justin at the moment. Yes. Very so underwhelming. Three, three, three down or three down, two to go. Oh, I can come back. We need to work at our quizzes. <laughs> All right. So question number four, you ready? Yes. Sir. So an Australian professional soccer club, football for those Brits that are listening, formed in 2012. They run out of a facility in Blacktown. Their record-breaking first season saw them win the A-League Championship. They also won the Asian Championship in the same year and the only Australian team to do so. Who are they? Full Justin on that last name. <laughs> well, I thought my first part wrong as well. So, all right, <laughs> yeah, you did West End. <laughs> um, Justin, do you want to tell me who you said? I went, I went the Western Jets. The Western Jets. Uh, who, who did you go, Lee? Western Sydney Wanderers. Which you spelt correctly, and you're also correct. Well done, West yes. Sydney Wanderers. Uh, well, West Sydney, not Western Sydney, but I'll give it to Sorry. you. Thank Technicality. you, oh, Half <laughs> All right, so that's two to lean under Justin, and technically the quiz is over, but we'll do question number five anyway. So um, this team was founded in 1988, and they play in the NRL. In that time, since 1988, they have won six premierships. They were one of the first two teams to represent their state. They play their home games at Milton's Lang Park, and they're the only sports club publicly listed on the ASX. That's the Australian Securities Exchange, if you don't know. Who are they? All right, let's make it interesting. You're both wrong. Mm. <laughs> so Lee's gone the South Sydney Rabbitohs and Justin's gone, he went Canberra and then he took a long pause and then wrote Cougars. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're a team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so wrong, both wrong. Okay, so I'm going to make it worth two points if you can get it right on this question. So Justin, you've got a chance to tie it and Lee, you've got a chance to absolutely slam him. So have another go. Give you another hint. There's an NFL link there. Uh, can I go again? <laughs> what did you have? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you had the other one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay. So um, you eventually got it. I'm going to have to take your first answers, boys. So you're, uh, both, you're both wrong again. So, Lee, what was your first answer? Brisbane Broncos. No, what was your first <laughs> answer, you liar? Gold Coast Titans. <laughs> yeah, and Justin's was... Uh, Melbourne Storm. Which can't be right because there's only one Victorian team. Yeah. But um, yeah, well, the answer is the Brisbane Broncos. That brings to the end our Who Was the Team quiz and Lee wins two to nothing. <laughs> Ouch. That was, so, I mean, it wasn't yeah. quite a smashing, but it wasn't, you know, Mate, when you, great for me. When you don't score a point, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs> Have we had... Am I, am I the only one who's gone scoreless for the Yeah. Yep, yep. 
You are. Yep. But only by one. That hurts. Yes. Yeah. The, yep. By one. <laughs> one scoreless match. So Lee, you're the current champion because you've won two quizzes to uh, Justin and I winning one each. So is that right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you get the honours next week for whatever awesome. topic you'd like to to have. Better make it a grand final one. All right. Done. It might might be four or five. I might get a you know an actually a chance here. Thank you for joining the Gold Jacket Podcast. It's the gold standard in sports podcasting.